Hey, you guys, how are you doing? I am Lucia, your host at transformedbyhisword.org. I am so glad to be here. I am glad you are watching. Um, I have a very simple, if I may say it that way, um, topic today. So today we're going to be talking about what our Great Commission is. And I say it's a simple topic because um, it's easy to comprehend, not because it's easy to do. Okay. There is a big difference there. So let's chat about what the Great Commission is. So we're going to start um, by going to our very first scripture. Here I know how I do. Uh, if you are new here, I read five to six scriptures every time. And I go for about 30 minutes and I explain it as plain and simple as I possibly can. And if you have any questions, here is my email address. Send them out. I love the questions. All right. So without further ado, let's go to our very first scripture. And we are going to find it in Matthew 9, 35 through 38. And Matthew 9, 35, 38 says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, this is us, okay. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the field. That is where we're going to start. Um, we have Jesus on earth, and he is healing, and he's teaching the good news. And he knows that there's so many people in need of the good news of Christ. Um, but there's not enough people that are willing to step out and help. So the people that need Jesus is what he's referring to for the harvest. And this is, these are people that are ready to hear the gospel that are searching for something to believe in that are, um, they know they're missing something. There's a piece of the puzzle they can't figure out. They're, waiting for you to uh, go be that person, that worker that Jesus is talking about. Um, we live in a society, and I'm not talking about today, America today, uh, but I'm talking about um, human as a society, human as a conglomeration, okay? that is very self-absorbed, self-centered. And I believe that's why Jesus was like, listen, there's a whole bunch of work to do, but there's not a lot of workers because for you to be able to do what he wants us to do, you have to let go of what you want to do. 
right? It's, it's just that simple. You can't really do everything God's calling you to do and have a selfish um, desire, selfish ambition to, uh, you know, do things for yourself. That was very redundant. Sorry. <laughs> um, if you didn't know, I don't edit these videos so you get all the quirkiness of me. So that is uh, the problem, right? So we always have, there's a problem and there's a solution and then there's the, here's, this is how we're going to deal with it. So the problem that Jesus is seeing is there's a lot of people that are ready to listen and a lot of people that are ready to follow and a lot of people that are searching for answers and he has compassion on those people but there's not a lot of people that are willing to go and do the work so he turns to his disciples which is us okay it's not just the 12 it's anybody that has given their life to christ and is trying to live for jesus we are his disciples he turns to us and he's, he's like just pray that God will send out workers, okay? That That is what we need to pray for, is that he will send out the workers, that he will equip us and give us the honor to be able to do that work for him, with him. Both. The next scripture that we're looking at, also in Matthew, but if you go a little bit farther in Matthew, uh, we're going to be in... Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Matthew 28, 19 and 20 says, Therefore, go make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey. Did you hear that? Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So this is the Great Commission, okay? That is the summarization of what we have been entrusted to, uh, called to, required to, whatever you want to call it, is very, very simple. Go make disciples. Um, and he's not talking about go make disciples in this area or this group. He's talking about go make disciples of all the nations. Now that great commission, as simple as it is, it's different for everybody. Let me explain that. Some people are called to go and have massive um, auditoriums filled with people and they evangelize, right? We call them evangelists. And they present the gospel and they are really good at it and they do it and people get saved and then they go to the next town. Okay. Um, there's other people that are called to a one-on-one, -on -one, what we've been talking about, discipleship kind of thing here. These are the people that are going to come in and they're going to be like, okay, cool. You got saved. Let's talk about what you did let's look at scripture let's get you baptized um and let's teach you all the commandments that you're supposed to follow right um so it doesn't matter where you fall 
in this spectrum, the command is the same. Your goal in life is to serve Lord and your commission, your marching uh, orders, right, is to go make disciples of all the nations. Some people will go make disciples in Africa. You know, they're called to go to different places in the world. Some people are called to translate the Bible so that everybody has access to it, right? So your specific calling of how this looks like, it is uniquely made for you, right? You were made uh, for this day and age, for such time as this, right? Uh, you were made with your gifts and your talents and your strengths and your weaknesses specifically for your discipleship program, <laughs> if you will, right? So the people that you come in contact with, the people that you disciple to, they need you to be you. Let me explain that a little bit better. When we become Christians, we have a change of heart, right? We go from wanting to live in sin to wanting to live a life that fulfills God's um, commands for our lives. That is the, the change. But it doesn't mean that we change as people. It doesn't mean that God rewires uh, your personality or your you. He created you in a very specific way with very specific traits because that's what he's going to use to attract very specific people. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And you, who you are, is who God needs to reach whoever he's trying to reach through you. I hope that makes sense. Um, so it doesn't matter if you are called to be a missionary and go to, I don't know, Africa, Asia, Malaysia, I don't know, wherever God's calling you to do, you'll have that calling in your heart, or you are called to talk to your neighbor next door, you know, or you're called to talk to the youth that meets at your church, or you're called to talk to that one person that nobody else can reach because you guys share something in common in your grown up, growing up story or you know, whatever it is. Um, but the command does not change. The command is go make disciples, right? Don't make excuses. Um, you there, There's no way out of this one. Your goal is to make disciples. So it says you make a disciple, you baptize them, them with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then you teach them to obey everything that Jesus has commanded us. Um, yeah, so it's not just, uh, okay, you are going to hell if you don't believe in Jesus. Okay, you believe in Jesus? Cool. Have a good life. Next, right? Um, it goes deeper than that. And I think we need to do a better job at being... Um, more together 
within the church to know who in my church has those abilities. Because there are some people in church that are really good at gospel presentation, like I was talking about before, you know, they will help people get saved like this. But there's people that are called to, you know, like help um, grow them up because we need to be teaching the commands. They can't, the new believers can't follow commands if they don't know what those commands are. And they won't know what those commands are if there's not someone there to teach them. So it's a twofold, same commandment, make disciples, but it doesn't stop at salvation. It actually doesn't ever stop. <laughs> so, yeah, who are you discipling to? Who is your current discipling project? Can I call it a project? I think I can call it a project. All right. So, this um, discipling is a lot of hard work. A lot of hard work. So, we are going to go to our next verse that I have for us which is in John 15, 5 through 8. Um, 15, 5 through 8 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. This is Jesus talking. If you remain in me, I in you. You will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up Throw into the fire and burnt. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Okay, <laughs> let me explain that parable a little bit. So think of vine so i live in the south and you can plant tomatoes here and they grow pretty well so think of a tomato plant and it's a vine and it goes around things and it kind of does this thing um the branches that bear the fruit for the specific vine have to be attached to the vine to be able to survive right? If a branch breaks off, what happens? It dies. So Jesus is telling us that he is that main vine, that that one that brings you back to the soil and gets the nutrients and gives you all the energy and the strength that you need to be able to produce fruit. Now, if you are attached to this vine, Jesus, then you don't have to worry about where my energy is going to come from or where my next thing is going to come from because you know that he has he is the source of everything you need and he's also telling us you know if you stay in me if you stay with me i will make sure that whatever you need you will get so if you are walking with jesus if you are reading your Bible, praying, you know, making disciples, uh, doing all the things that you're supposed to be doing, then he says, whatever you want, whatever you desire, whatever you ask for, it's yours. 
And this is not like a magic portion of, oh, I've got the ticket of getting whatever I want. What happens is whenever you are entwined with the vine, then your desires become the desires of the Father. Your heart changes to where you now want whatever God wants for you, right? So that means that the things that you're going to be asking for, you're not going to be asking for out of a selfish desire or out of a selfish um, thought. You're going to be asking them uh, in conjunction to what God wants for your life. So, for example, if I am walking away from God, I'm just like, you know, doing this Sunday day, Sunday thing and, you know, check mark. Okay. And doing whatever I want the rest of the week. The desires of my heart are going to be full of me and all the things that my flesh wants. So I'm going to be like, oh, I want a new car. I don't know. And that. I'm not saying that wanting a new car is a bad thing, okay? I'm just saying maybe God doesn't want that for you. And I'm going to be praying for a car, and then I'm going to be disappointed that I didn't get that car. Um, well, that desire was selfish, so God's not going to give you that. Now, if you are walking with Christ and you are in need of a car because maybe you want to transport teenagers from their houses to the church um, on church services. I don't know what this situation might look like, but you're asking God to help you find a car, not out of selfish desires, but out of a service heart, then he might grant that for you. I'm not saying that it, he will, but if that's what is going to help farther the kingdom, then he will. Um, because he wants to give us what we want. And also, we need to be asking for things specifically. Yeah, very specifically. Uh, that way, you don't leave any room for, oh, it was good luck, right? It was like, no, that was, that was God. All right. The next verse. I only have two more to go. The next verse I have is in Revelation. 12, 11. If you've never read Revelation, I encourage you to read it. You may or may not understand anything <laughs> on this book, but it's the only book that tells you that you will have a blessing by reading it. Read it, pray, uh, do a study on it. It's a great book. But this verse right here, I specifically love because most people um, have this idea that, you know, we have nothing to offer, that Jesus did everything, and, and he did, um, but that we don't have anything to offer. But this verse right here, said, Revelation 12, 11 says, they triumph, that's us, over him, that's the devil, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, they did not love their life so much as to shrink from death. I love this verse so much, 
so, so much. It doesn't say if you have a great testimony, that's going to help. It doesn't say if you were, you know, if you did a 180 when you came to Jesus, that's what's going to help. No, it says they triumph over him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. It doesn't matter what your testimony looks like. I know quite a few um, Christians that grew up in a Christian household and they have never had crazy stories or, you know, addictions or any of that. And they think that they don't have a testimony because they've always known Jesus. And, and I'm like, that is your testimony. Like how beautiful and how special it is that God has chosen you to guard because of what your parents faithfully did for him. So you don't have this crazy, massive, traumatic thing because of God's faithfulness to your parents. I mean, how beautiful is that? So don't ever underestimate the power of your testimony because Revelation 12, 11 says that that is how we triumph, okay? Um, that is how we connect. Jesus has given you a very unique testimony for a very unique purpose. Going back to what I was saying earlier, you need to be you. And I'm not talking about like the whole do you boo-boo thing that society is saying. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is God didn't make any mistakes whenever he made you. He gave you every attribute that you were going to need to fulfill what he has for you. Okay, your testimony has been written by Christ for you to be able to reach people. So if your testimony has very strong, impactful things, um, that's going to reach a certain group of people. But if your testimony is sweet and maybe not traumatic at all, and that's going to reach another group of people. Don't ever underestimate the power of what God has done in your life story. He put it together for a reason, okay? Um, the other thing is, if you did have a traumatic testimony and conversion um, and you are still struggling with some of that leftover trauma, just talk to someone and it, you know, I am big advocate of calling on a friend or a pastor or a counselor, you know, but talk to somebody about it. Um, and that will be part of your testimony. God can still use you and will use you if you allow him to. Just uh, get some help. Okay. All right. Last verse. Ready? It's a long one. Not really. Okay. Last verse is 2 Timothy 4, 2 through 5. It says, preach the word. Be prepared in and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when we'll... Okay. Let me go back. Sorry. Verse 3. 
for the time will come when people will not put up with solid doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around a number of teachers that will say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. You guys, I don't know um, if this verse has ever been truer. Is that even a word? <laughs> um, but man, we see that today people don't want to hear the truth. And a lot of people now are calling truth uh, abusive and harsh and um I mean, they have all sorts of words for it. But God already knew that was going to happen, right? That's why he put it right here on 2 Timothy. Um, don't, don't be discouraged when people get mad at you because you're, you're telling them truth. Don't get discouraged um, when your own peers are searching for people that will tell them what they want to hear and even if that's not necessarily true um but with that said don't stop speaking truth this right here the whole council all of it from beginning to end cover to cover is what we need to be teaching uh all of it not parts of it not pieces of it, not little verses out of context, but the whole thing. We need to be teaching this word from cover to cover because when we start maneuvering and changing and nitpicking, then we change the truth and we change reality. We don't want to be those type of people that want to hear truth but only if it itches my ears we want to be the type of people that yeah it's it's hard to hear and i don't want to hear it and i don't necessarily want to do it but that's what god has for me and that's what he's calling me to do so i'm going to do it and that's a very hard place to be when you are surrounded by people that want to hear what they want to hear, want to see what they want to see, not necessarily truth, but just whatever fits their agenda. Um, and I'm not even talking politics. I'm talking biblical agenda. Isn't that sad? Um, and if you stand for truth, it might be a little lonely sometimes, but you know that at the end of times, you will be in front of God and say, I stood by you. And he'll say, and I'm standing by you too, honey. So um, that is it for today. I am going to um, 
have a guest next week. I'm very excited about this. As usual, I love the people that I bring in. They have so much to teach us. If you have any questions, um, if you need counseling, there is my email address, lgoss at transformedbyhisword.org. If you need to make an appointment, you can do that online. Transformedbyhisword.org is the website. You can go ahead and set an appointment there if you need to. I can come to your house. We can meet somewhere. You can come to my house. However, it's easier for you. Um, just let me know. I am super excited of what God is doing in my life and in my counseling. I'm excited to see how he is changing hearts of the people that I'm trying to help. So that's always a lot of fun to see him work through us. So yeah, just let me know if you have any questions, if you have any um, ideas, right, of something that you want me to talk about, send me an email. I am always looking for that next thing that I'm going to do. All right, guys, without further ado, have a wonderful week. I will see you next week. Goodbye.